Hi everyone and welcome to the very first episode of A Really Good Chat where I divulge areas of my life, even the non-PG ones. I'm your host, Sam Cole, and today's episode will just be around getting to know me, a bit of an introduction, and I'll just be discussing why I wanted to start this podcast. So it feels quite serial me even starting this podcast because I feel like I have been talking about it or at least thinking about it for quite some time now. So let's get started on the first episode. Before I begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that this episode was recorded on the Waiju people. I wish to acknowledge and respect their continuing culture and the contribution they make to life of this city and this region. I was born the 30th of May 1992 and for those who aren't very good at math I'm 30 years old and yes I know I sound very young I've been told that numerous times and yes I look very young as well. I grew up in the wheat belt on a farm in a country town called Narrabeen and on the farm I had my brother, my mum and my dad and my brother Jake is only 14 months older than me so we're quite close in age. I can confidently say that my brother will not be listening to my podcast at all so I feel okay saying this that I look up to him in more ways than he realises and I think that he is one of the funniest people that I know but I'm not going to tell that to him because that will go straight to his head. Growing up in the country is such an amazing experience. So having the community support around me from a young age really made me feel comfortable with my disability and who I was and not using my disability as an excuse, although that never just came from the community that was established within my family. Never was I able to not participate in something or never have a go at something. And I remember in my childhood, we always said that can't isn't a word, a positive kind of reinforcement that, no, if you're using excuses, don't try and use excuses, basically. So my dad and brother are still farming out in Narrabeen, and Jay actually lives in the house that we grew up in with his partner and his little 15-month-old girl, who I absolutely adore, and she actually has the room that I grew up in, which I think is so cool. So I'm sure that some of you are interested in knowing what exactly my disability is. So I have a condition called generalized dystonia and dystonia is a neuromuscular condition and the generalized part is that it affects my whole body. I definitely hit the jackpot with that one didn't I? Next week's episode is going to be a focus on my condition in a lot more detail but now I'll just give you a quick rundown. Growing up and as a baby, as a young child, I was hitting all the right milestones, I was really active, I played netter, I danced, I swam, I was very active. But then March the 1st, 2001 was when it all went to shit. I went to school and I was like crying quite a lot and I just couldn't focus on the board. My vision was so blurred. I remember copying my friend's work, I think it was a word sleuth or something like that. And I was just trying so hard to focus, but it was just so, so blurry, which is quite bizarre because it's not like I have sight issues from my condition and then as I said living on the farm I caught the bus back and forth to school that is where it really kind of kept going downhill I got off the school bus and I was leaning to one side dribbling and that obviously is right for me mum drove me into town and I can't really remember what happened there but I do remember her and my nan drove me to PMH hospital and yeah, that's basically the last time I walk. I suppose the older I'm getting, the more I'm starting to wanting to actually understand my condition. 
I don't understand how a child can be so healthy and then just within 24 hours I was not a active kid anymore. It really is crazy and because I said I woke up during the night a bit grisly I honestly thought I was going to one day miraculously wake up and I'll be walking it has some arm function so I probably was about 2021 I'm gonna say where it was like holy shit this is actually my life and I have to embrace the cards I've been dealt or I can just be a sad sack and credit to my mum she would not have let me be a sad sack of course don't get me wrong times in my teenage years to early 20s were very very testing for myself and my mum to continue my schooling Mum and I moved to Perth in 2007, so I was in year 10, and that was something that wasn't a great experience. I don't often tell people my experience at school, I just like, yeah, it was all right kind of thing. But coming from a school where I think maybe like 120, I knew everyone, everyone knew me, we could stop, have a chat, and I felt so seen. But coming to my school in Perth, where it was a school of 1,800, around about 400 in my year, was quite overwhelming. Looking back, and now I can comfortably say, I was a bit of a loner. Year 8 and 9 is where you make your close friendship groups and have those close circles at school, but it was very isolating. I think it was maybe like in the three years I was at school, maybe once or twice I went out with friends on the weekend, which is so embarrassing to say. But I'm just trying to be honest. And yeah, I guess I was known as the girl in the wheelchair at my Perth school. No one really gave me a shot at wanting to get to know me and find out how awesome I was. <laughs> I guess in the country, when I'm with my country friends, they don't treat me as I have a disability. I'm with my friends now. I honestly forget that I have a disability. I know that sounds so silly. Sam, you're in a wheelchair. You need help. It's more the fact that my friends just are automatic. They just do it. If I needed water, they wouldn't think twice about just holding my bottle or getting me a straw, whatever it may be. They don't think twice about that kind of thing. But when I was at my Perth school, it was no one knew me. People would say hi and that kind of thing. I was very isolated. As a teenager, you should be going out with your friends. I didn't really get to have that opportunity. It was hard for my mum and I. I feel like mum and I can hopefully laugh about it now. Probably not laugh, maybe just reflect and go, wow, like that was a difficult time. But look, we made it out the other end. Somehow we survived. Mum copped a lot from me. But that's what they say. They say we always hurt the ones that we love the most. Is that what they say? But that's what I'm saying. And it's true because my mum cops so much. I mean, I guess occasionally she still does, but I feel like, you know, we communicate how we're feeling, what we want, you know, going on in our heads, or at least I'm trying to be better at that. It's not just going to happen overnight because I'm not the kind of person who is very good at articulating myself or realising what's going on in my head until it's too late. Leading on from my relationship with my mum, my mum is my soul carer. I hate the word carer, but the reality is she is. She's given up a lot. If you know, you know how patient she is towards me. I really do love my mum. She's ridiculously supportive of me. She's just a bloody good mum and I'm just forever grateful to have her support. Thinking back to when I first got ill, I can't imagine how hard that must have been for mum because I know that my mum 
tried, did everything and anything she could, get some sort of answers for me. But I can't imagine as a parent how difficult that would be, seeing your active child slowly getting independent as an eight-year-old, getting dressed by herself, having a shower, and then all of a sudden that just being taken away. I just can't imagine. I've always tried to be as independent away from my mum as much as possible. I have some great supports in my life who... I call friends. I honestly think it is so important for individuals who require support to actually get along with their supports. You know, it would be easy enough for me to find a 55-year-old retiree nurse who she's looking for some casual work every now and then. I don't want a 55-year-old. I don't want to look like I'm hanging out with my mother because I've got my mother. I don't need another. So I think it's so important to have that freedom of choice. Thankfully, the few that I have are really, are really great. It's not like, oh, she's with the support. Nothing like that. If it was like that, that's cool. But That's not for me. Having a good relationship with my support is so important because I would see them at least once a week and I want to feel comfortable with them. I want to be able to share stuff that's going on in my life. Back in 2020, I graduated with my Bachelor of Social Work, which was really exciting as it's a career that I've always been interested in and wanted to really work in that field as there's lots of avenues you can go down. But unfortunately, two years down the track, I'm yet to work in the field. As organisations like to say that they are being inclusive, but the reality is they are far from it. Sure, there may be some improvement in the employment of disabilities, but the actual fact is organisations get really frightened by the fact that I would have a support with me. If someone is competent and willing to work, that should not limit their chances just because they require a bit of adjustments in the workplace. It honestly infuriates me so much to think how many opportunities have gone missing for people with a disability because the organisation wasn't set up for it or whatever it may have been. It really irks me. So I recently became a crisis support for Lifeline. For anyone who's not aware of what Lifeline does, Lifeline is a 24-hour telephone crisis support service in Australia. The crisis supporters provide suicide support. Volunteer crisis supporters provide suicide prevention services, mental health support and emotional assistance. And they have honestly been really accommodating of my needs, whatever it may be. They have been really accommodating and it makes me feel comfortable actually being there. It's very rewarding. I really enjoy communicating with individuals, hearing their story. There's a few reasons as to why I wanted to start this podcast. The first one being I wanted to break the stigma of people with a disability. People with a disability have been put into categories that doesn't fit the individual and it just irks me so much. So for example, whenever I say to people that I've got a degree in social work, you can honestly see on their face they are genuinely surprised. I'm sorry, but did you get surprised by such and such who got a degree as well? No, I just don't think people realise the impact that society has on people with a disability and I really want to open people's perceptions or views. So I'm really hoping throughout my episodes that you may think twice before putting someone don't know or someone who you've just met into a category of unable to participate in society. 
I also want to spread awareness of this journey. Not many people know about it. One thing that I would really like encompassing people going up to individuals and saying, oh, do you have cerebral palsy or something like that? It's just so annoying when people think that they can come up to someone and just straight up label their disability. And then finally, I really want to learn to articulate myself better. Hopefully, it's the first episode, so please bear with me. As a whole, whenever someone asks me about my condition, and I automatically just kind of shut them out, and I'm trying to, I guess, embrace people's curiosity rather than just thinking people should just mind their own business. So hopefully that gives you a good insight into why I wanted to start this podcast. Hopefully you stick around for future episodes to hear more of what I have to say. I want to also talk about a few things that make me happy just to get to know me a bit more. So the first one is spending time with my niece. So she's at the age where she can't keep still and she just loves making noises and all that good stuff that little 15 months olds do. And I just absolutely adore her. I quite often sit on the floor with her and I had my water bottle on the ground and she grabbed it and the spout was already open and she just grabbed it and started giving me my drink of water. I'm sorry, but that's just so beautiful just to grab that water bottle and just give it to me. It's quite amazing when you think about it. Little kids are just always watching. So for her to realize that, okay, Auntie Sam needs her water, Auntie Sam needs help. She just grabbed it and just started giving me a drink. However, I was getting pretty waterlogged, but just small things like that, just like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. I do have a little seven-year-old dog and her name is Avi, A-V-I. I'm sure most of you know how I got the name. And she is a poodle cross Shih Tzu Maltese. She's very energetic. People are like, oh, how old's your puppy? And they're like, seven months. They're like, no, seven years. They're like, whoa. She's just so very energetic. I guess that means she'll live a lot longer. My friends who just get me, it's not hard work. Like I said earlier, they don't have to ask twice. They know to get me a straw with my drinks. It's just, you don't have to think twice about it. And those friends to me are so, so special. I'm a girl who can eat anything and everything. I'm happy to try new things. Thanks for listening to a really good chat with me, your host, Sam Cole. And if you made it this far on the episode, well done. I hope you enjoyed the first episode where I talked about my interests and gave you a bit more of an introduction about myself, as well as telling you a bit more in detail why I wanted to start this podcast. If you're keen to hear more stories from my life, join me next week where I'll be discussing in detail my dystonia. You can head over to a really good chat Instagram page. My first about new release dates and much more that's all for this episode stay safe everyone and join me next week